The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Party people! What's good? Party people! It is Sunday, March twenty-first. Another episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Wait, wait, wait! I got a really, really special guest. Huge, big time, big time guest. It's probably the biggest guest that we've had on this podcast since they, we've taken over this podcast on a weekly basis. He used to play for the Red Sox. He's a World Series champion. Uh, and he lives in Florida, and, he, and he's kind of a scratch golfer. At least he likes to say he's a scratch golfer. His name just happens to be Will Middlebrooks. So let's bring in that guest, Will Middlebrooks. My guest. Number, number one, I'm far from a – well, not far. Not far, but I'm not a scratch golfer. I also haven't touched my clubs in almost a month. So uh, furthering myself even more from scratch. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that, man. I, yeah, like, I had a feeling you would introduce me that way. That's why I wore my Red Sox shirt. We've gotten some big time guests. Like we've gotten Jackie Bradley Jr. on. We've got Mark Stroman, but I think this one tops them all. Yeah. I don't know why you're so nice to me. I really don't know. I I joke with you. I mess with you. Throw jabs at you all day, and you're just so nice. I don't. I don't deserve it. Just nice. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk NL Central today. We're gonna be talking about the National League Central. Central, excuse me. We've been going division by division as spring training is close to wrapping up. We're two weeks away from opening day, by the way, which is super exciting. That's it. That's it. Two weeks, brother. I feel like spring training is going by fast. As it always, I'm not the one out there grinding, taking 150 ground balls a day. I guess. The boy was at spring training at the Cactus League this last weekend. Had a lot of fun too. Watch 2021 World Series preview, Padres White Sox. That was loads of fun. That was loads of fun. So we're going to be talking NL Central today as we continue our uh, league roundup as we inch closer to opening day. NL Central is going to be kind of interesting because I, I think there's no question that the NL West, those two teams between the Potters and Dodgers, they're head and shoulders above any team in the NL Central. But there's about four different teams in the NL Central that can compete for the division. I don't think there's anyone between the Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, and Cubs I don't see any of those teams that are that much better than one another. I could see the Cardinals finishing first, and I could see them finishing fourth. You could say the same thing about the Brewers, Reds, and Cubs. I think those four teams, it's going to be interesting. We could give our predictions, but it could go a a number of different ways. It it could. It's murky. That's that's the best word I can use to describe this this division. It's murky. 
Yeah, sorry. Not, there's no clear-cut favorites to me. Sorry, um, fans. I didn't mention Pittsburgh in that conversation. There's a reason for that, Dan. There's a reason. They're working on it. They're rebuilding. All right. Let's just leave them out of this. <laughs> um, I mean, if I had to pick a favorite, I'll just get right to it. I think it's the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I think they're a little bit ahead of Milwaukee and the Cubs. And I mean, the Reds have really good pitching. So I don't know. But like to, to look at the car. So let's dig in on the Cardinals a little bit. Um, they they have, I mean, that great pitching. You know, what are you going to get from Flaherty? He's high ceiling guy. Uh, Wainwright's going to turn 40 this season. <laughs> Wainwright's, dude, Wainwright's been their best pitcher in spring training. Like 40 yeah, years. but it's spring training, dude. Young yeah. guys have stuff to work on. Old guys are like, meh, I know what I'm going to do here. So this is my, you know, 15th spring training or probably, probably more, more than that, actually. Uh, 20th spring training. So, I mean, he didn't have much to work on him. Mean, he is what he is. Um, so it's like, what what are you going to get from him? Uh you, I think one of the reasons he's successful is because everybody's so used to higher velocity. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the big curveball. If I faced him, I would always go up there and I'm not going to sit on the cutter. I'm not going to sit on the sinker because he just baits you. And the one pitch he throws in the zone is that big breaking ball early in the count. So yeah, you just sit on that. That's what I would do if yes, I faced him a lot. I didn't face him a ton. Spin rate um, still has one of the highest spin rates with his breaking ball. Fastball, not so much, but you're talking breaking ball. Still has one of the highest spin rates in baseball with this breaking ball at 39 years old. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a tall guy, too, so that's going to give you even more break when it's coming from a higher release point. Um, they got old Hicks coming back in the bullpen, throwing 103 with super sank. It ain't sink. It's sank. That's sank. That's nasty. It's, he's throwing sideways balls up there um, at 100-plus. I'm excited to see a healthy Hicks. Um, he's – Really exciting for me. We know Pitching Ninja is in love with them. Um, and then another sneaky bullpen piece I like, Andrew Miller. Remember Andrew Miller? He's not sneaky. This guy's been around for a while now. Don't say he's sneaky. Yeah, but you're not really talking about He's He's kind of like – he's an old grizzly vet. No one's really talking about him anymore. I texted with him a little bit today, and he's like, dude, I'm just trying to keep, keep up with the young bucks. It's like it's crazy how young baseball is now. Would you, and, believe, uh, would you believe me if I told you he's played like it's been 14 years in the big leagues, Andrew Miller? It's wild, dude. I remember yeah, when he, he was pitching at UNC. Yeah, he, he got out to a slow start because he was initially a starting pitcher and then they converted him to a reliever. But 14 years in the big leagues for Andrew Miller. Dude, I got a quick Andrew Miller story. Hit me. So we were at Yankee Stadium. This was 2013. Maybe 13? I think it was 13. And um, I was off that day. I didn't have a – it was a day game. I was off. I played like 20 straight. They gave me a day off. And um, Ryan Dempster was in the game. He's like not not going to break 90s. Pitches like 88, cutter, sinker, curveball, slider, whatever. And they're uh, into the inning. One of our catchers was in the bullpen. David Ross just made the third out. They're like, someone needs to go warm up the pitcher. And I was like, not me. And then I was like, oh, it's Dempster. Okay, I got it. I got it. So I run out there with a little mask on, a glove, and fired up. I'm like, yeah, I'm catching a pitcher, you know, at Yankee Stadium. 
I look up and Andrew Miller, <laughs> Andrew Miller standing on the mound, and I go, "Oh shit! I don't know if I'm gonna leave this area with my left thumb intact." <laughs> At this time, he was like upper nineties with like gross movement. He's still nasty. First pitch, I swear to God. First pitch started at my face, and it was started running away because lefty would run. It went right over my shoulder. I never touched it. It hit the backstop, and I was like, I like run. But the, the umpire was like down the line, like getting a drink of water, and I'm like run over, grab it, and throw it back to him. And he's just kind of looking at me. <laughs> Next pitch, same thing. I didn't touch it. I didn't get any leather on it. I'm a professional baseball player. I couldn't catch him, dude. It's a different. I hit the backstop again, and I was like. Damn it. Hey, bullpen catchers get the, the attention they deserve. At this point, <laughs> the umpire tossed me a ball. I was like, what are you doing out here, dude? And I look up, and Andrew's laughing. He's laughing, and I was like, do we do a mound visit right now? I need a, I need a second just to give Rossi a second to get out here because I can't. If he throws that, and it, I'm going to get hit in the face. There's a good chance I die. And at this point, Rossi comes out. He's laughing at me. And it was delayed because I took Rossi's glove out there. I just saw a catcher's mitt and grabbed it. <laughs> so David was scrambling around the dugout trying to find his glove. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible for everyone involved except for Andrew. He was laughing. He thought it was hilarious. That's everybody, my Andrew Miller story. <laughs> everybody wants to catch a bullpen until, until they actually catch a bullpen. You know what I mean? I, t- I asked him afterwards. I was like, did you throw it like a little bit harder just to like make a point? He's like, yes. I did he throw you a breaking ball? No, two fastballs, and I didn't even touch them. They went right over my shoulder. Bam, off the backstop. Both of them. All right, that's Andrews. What do you got on the Cardinals, Danny? We'll talk more Andrew Miller later. I forgot to tease this at the beginning of the show. We're going to play a couple games with Will Middlebrooks. We're going to ask – we're going to find out how well Will Middlebrooks knows Will Middlebrooks, and he has no idea. with Andrew Miller? Well, you're going to have to wait to see, my friend. We have well, a now I know games. he's an answer. We have a couple games for Brooksy. Uh, let's get back to the Cardinals, though, before we continue on. All right. So, Sorry about that. I can go just random stories for hours. You know this. <laughs> no, I don't know this. I, I didn't know that you like to, you like to talk. That's news to me. Okay. <laughs> Next. Okay, the St. Louis Cardinals. So going back to the St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to be competitive. There's no doubt about it. They added Nolan Arenado, of course. And I think their starting rotation is actually better than we're getting them credit for. I think there are some question marks. And, and I, I say it like this. I say that because the entire NL Central has question marks when it comes to their rotation. Every team. Every one of those, those teams, except for maybe the Reds, has question marks at the bottom of their rotation. So you look at St. Louis, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, you know what you're going to get out of those two guys. After that, Carlos Martinez, is he's kind of hit and miss, really good stuff. But who Dude, is- He topped out at 92 in his last outing. Right, I, I personally think he, he just might. that makes me think he's just feeling things out and just not letting it eat. I he's a I think he's gonna be okay. He's not gonna pitch in the low nineties. This is just a he maybe was just taking it easy, honestly. Yeah, according to Fangrass, Carlos Martinez was the two hundred and seventy sixth ranked starting pitcher last year, which considering where he Bro. used to be before his injuries, he was one of the nastiest hurlers and I faced him a few times. I played in this division. I was in Milwaukee for a few months. Carlos Martinez, day game in Milwaukee. 
add some shadows to that 99 with sink and super slider it's not fun so i would love to say he's going to get back to that i I think that ship has sailed i don't think he gets back to that but i i don't think he pitches at 92 i think he pitches mid 90s and And with that movement he'll be fine and then after martinez they got young young i'm gonna mess up his name Wang Young Kim, who actually pitched very, very well for the St. Louis last year, and I actually really like his stuff. They signed him uh, out of the KBO before last season. They were back in right, December right. of 2019. Really, really good stuff. After that, it's like John Gant. Miles um, Michaelis. Dakota Hudson's out for the year. Miles Michaelis is supposedly not going to be ready for opening day after missing all of last season. Right. So, again, we're getting into these questions about depth, but then you go across the division – and we'll go team by team. I agree with you. I have St. Louis winning the division. Um, you know, I share that sentiment with you. But then you go to Milwaukee. They have question marks after Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Who are their next starters after that? You go over to Chicago after you got Kyle Hendricks. And um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on who they acquired from San Diego. Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies. After that, you have question marks. Because you have Jake Arrieta. So point being is that. The Cardinals have question marks at the bottom of their rotation, but so does every team in the NL Central. So that's why I don't think we're giving the Cardinals quite enough credit because I think after their first two guys, they actually have a little bit more of promise in Carlos Martinez, Young One Kim, and so on. Yeah, I agree. And I think Hicks will be good shut down games. And they have a they have a pretty good offense too. Goldie, Arnado. I think maybe they get if they had like one more bat. I feel like I'm trying to think what their lineup because they're missing Wong. What are you going to get from Matt Carpenter? He's not. He's going to be the young. I really like the young. I feel like he's underrated. So right oh. now the lineup's looking like this: you got Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, Yachty, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader. That's what Van Graaff. I don't hate it. I think that's solid. I don't hate it either. And by the way, I think, they, I think they win the division. What's the uh, what's the over under here? So the Cardinals, I'll go the entire NL Central division here over under. So start starts with the Cardinals. Their over under is eighty six wins. This is according to William Hill. Eighty six wins for the Cardinals. The Brewers eighty three and a half. The Reds eighty one and a half. The Cubs fourth at seventy nine wins. Wow. The Pirates fifth at fifty eight. Okay, I have. You know what? I don't. What do you want to talk about next? Cubs well, or I'm not done with Arenado because people question whether Nolan Arenado is going to be as good away from Coors Field. Because um, they're look, Coors Field, well, no, is hitter friendly. The answer is um, yes. So, Nolan yeah. Arenado, when he is away from Coors Field, he's still good. Yeah. Uh, course he is <laughs> and so it's very close to because when he's at home 543 games away 536 games when he's away he's only batting 263 not as good as, as his home average of 322 but his home run per at bat is pretty close to what he was in Coors it's a little less obviously Coors is going to give you a little bit of an advantage but his power numbers are still there so if anybody has questions about is Arenado going to translate to Bush Stadium and the other stadiums within the NL Central? I think he's going to do just fine. He had 99 home runs and 536 games away. He had 136 home runs at 543 games at home at Coors Field. Um, so there's a little bit of discrepancy, but the power numbers are there. The walk numbers are there. The strikeouts are a little bit higher. He could see his numbers dip a little bit, especially if you're thinking fantasy. 
Um, but with Paul Goldschmidt hitting right in front of him, that'll give him more RBI opportunities as well. Exactly. No, I think he's good. I think he plays at an MVP caliber. Do you, do you agree that the Cubs, because right now, William Hill odds have the Cubs at 79 wins and are projected to be the fourth team in that division. Do you think they're the fourth best team in the NL Central? No, I think they're the third best. Um, but I got, So here is my theory. I'm just going to get right into it, Danny. If they don't play well and they're out of the mix, then they they have a lot of pieces they can move at the trade deadline. Yeah, Chris Bryant last year on his contract. Baez, is it this year or next year? This year. So Baez this year Rizzo. Yeah, Jock Peterson's on a one year deal. Their meat is coming off the books after this year. Their yeah. Meat. So do the Cubs rebuild the Cubs? Theo's gone. Like what? I don't know what's gonna happen. Why would it's you gonna take? A, it's gonna problem. take a lot of. Uh, I don't. They're gonna have to be really good at the top of the division for Jed Hoyer to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go out and get an arm and help us." And I don't see that happening. Why would you trade you Darvish if you're trying to compete for a championship this year? I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree. agree. So I. I Wow, this this could be a really that's more fun for me and for us to talk about. I, I if they're in contention and keep their guys, that's not fun to talk about till the off season. <laughs> um, but what's more fun for baseball fans is they stink, and now you got really good players being sprinkled about the league to go to contenders. Mm-hmm. I think that I think there's a really good chance of that happening. If that does happen and they sell, then yes, they finish fourth. If they don't sell, like I think they will, they finish third. They're tough for me. I, I got to finish in fourth in the division. And okay. the reason I say that is because I think they're just a ticking time bomb, Chicago. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. If things go sour early on, all the rumors are going to start flooding. And Chris Bryant already – had issues with this this offseason he was at yeah. he had a story uh, already that he said he had somebody text him and say that he had been traded when in fact it wasn't actually true so right. it's already having an effect on these cubs players wilson Contreras had some interesting uh, tweets and instagram posts some cryptic instagram posts right. um, there were there were people asking him like hey stay in chicago and he'd kind of throw up the the shrug emoji um, so he had some cryptic things going on with his Instagram. It, to say that players don't listen to trade rumors, it's not factual. That's a myth. They hear everything. Um, not, how, maybe not everything, but they're aware. How they take it in, they take they take it in differently. Though. Like Some players are able to shoulder it. Some players take yeah. it to heart. And we've talked about Chris Bryant before on this show. You've been told by different people within the league that he's a little bit more sensitive really, than a lot of other players. And so for a guy like Chris Bryant, who is coming off a really atrocious year in 2020 and not as good as He hit 206 last year. And then now you got trade rumors flooding in, and he had the, the, the case against the Cubs with his arbitration problem. He's got a lot of stuff outside of the game going on, and he's not doing so well on the field. That's yeah. why I think the Cubs are a ticking time bomb, because if things start to get sour early on, and it just snowballs after that. Now the rumor is going to come in. Now the questions are going to come in. Now all the media, instead of saying how good are the Cubs, are, 
or how good are the Cubs going to be? Instead, it's going to be when do the Cubs start unloading? I think they come out of the the blocks hot. I think Rizzo Rizzo hit two twenty two last year. Bias Bias two hundred three. Chris Bryant two hundred six. That's not going to happen again. Uh, we've talked about this. He told me to don't not make excuses for the Chicago Cubs, but these are this is a team that is built off of energy, and there's no fans there last year. Wrigley games at Wrigley are fun. They're loud. There's, I what? Sorry, I mean to cut you off, but do you think that's why they David Ross tried to? You know how they held all that energy in the dugout line. It was almost they were like, the loudest dugout in the league last year. But maybe they did that intentionally because of course they, they did. have players that feed off that energy. Exactly my point. And it's just not enough. It, it, it's just not enough. I know Anthony Rizzo. We came up together. He's one of my boys. He, he's a great player. He's not a 222 hitter. I'll tell you that. And he's a gold glover on defense. Um, uh, I mean, I haven't talked to him about this, but I mean, I think that hurt a lot of people, not just the Cubs last year. I think it hurt a lot of teams um, just playing in quiet stadiums. They're right. piping in fake crowd noise. It's brutal. But it's what we had to do. That was 2020. Um, I think my biggest thing with the Cubs is just other than are they going to sell is who bounces back? Mm-hmm. And then what are they going to do with starting pitching? Right? Like – Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies are their one-two. Probably not going to break 90-91 on the radar gun, which doesn't matter. I mean, we're about velo now. I, I get that. And, but they get outs. They miss barrels. Zach Davies got a very good changeup. Played played with him in Milwaukee. Good teammate. Really good pitcher. Um, yeah, he's not going to like – these guys aren't going to light up the radar gun, but they know how to pitch. And and they're they're different than everybody else now. So that's tough on hitters when you're used to seeing 95 plus every day and then you're facing 88 with sink, cut, change, slider, slow curveball. It's tough. That's really tough as a hitter. The Chicago Cubs starting rotation is trash. Oh, the, the floor is beyond low. When you have them. Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies, super solid. Kyle Hendricks is an all-star pitcher. Zach Davies is a pro's pro. After that, Jake Arrieta hasn't pitched like Jake Arrieta for three, four seasons now. He hasn't. He has shoulder issues. He's old. Yeah. He's going to be, let's see, 35. So he's 35 years old. And You know why he has shoulder issues? He's, he's an old 35, by the way. He is, but like when he got nasty, he changed his mechanics. And he started throwing across his body big time. Yeah. And he was nasty, and that lasted for a couple of years, and then he started falling apart because you don't throw like that your whole life, and then you start throwing like that. It's a lot of stress on the shoulder. After that, Trevor Williams and Alec Mills. Sorry, but that's not going to win the division. It's not. I talked about how I know all these other NL Central teams have starting rotation issues as well, but you can't rely on Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies to take you to the promised land. It's not going to happen. It's too much to ask from those two guys. They're very, very good compliments. You can make the case that Kyle Hendricks could maybe be an ace, but Zach Davies is not a two. Jake Arrieta is not a three anymore, and that's what they're going to be expected to do. You expect Jake Arrieta to make 30 starts this year? No shot. No shot. If he makes 20, that's a win. Right. In my opinion. If he throws 150 innings, that's a win. So you have some really, really interesting tidbits on Milwaukee. And before you get into those, 
let's take a short break because let's catch our breath a little bit. We're going to be back. We still got Milwaukee to talk about. We still got Cincinnati, who, by the way, I really like Cincinnati. So we'll be back after this short break. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. I, I failed to mention this at the top, so I, this is not baseball-related at all. I stubbed my toe this morning, and I'm pretty sure... I need to go on like the 60 day DL and I need to get a second opinion from like Dr. James Andrews. Cause I, <laughs> dude, no I need one, surgery. no one ever stubs your toe and doesn't think they broke it. I'm pretty sure I broke my entire foot. Like I need That's a replacement. Everyone, your foot. I almost called out of work because of my toe. You work from home. Then <laughs> I almost called out because my toe, <laughs> my toes hurt so bad. <laughs> That's the worst. That Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. The Brew Crew. One of your former teams, baby. <laughs> um, I like this team-ish. Um, I think I got them finishing second in the league, or in the division, excuse me. Yeah, so do I. They have two really good starting pitchers, both Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two really good bullpen arms with Hader and Williams, Devin Williams, that nasty combio, that changeup. Dude, Hater and Williams, they can literally tell them, tell the hitter what's coming. Dude, and they will not hit it. It's nasty. They Hater, well, you it. know Hater's on a fastball. Exactly. And you still can't hit it. Right. So, it's like rising angled heater, it's nasty. I played with him. Uh, he got to, when I was in AAA, he just came to AAA and was trying to figure stuff out. I remember in, because uh, we were in Colorado Springs, which is not an easy place to pitch. It's a, it's a thousand feet above Denver. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Balls are going like 600 feet, but, uh, kid's nasty. He's nasty. Um, I really like Corbin Burns. I really do. And what's crazy is I have some numbers on him. Um, and he's interesting because in 2019, he threw his four seam fastball 52% of the time. That's not 
intriguing at all unless you look at the opponent batting average. Opponents hit 425 versus his four-seam fastball and slugged over 820 <laughs> in 2019. Um, so he he changed that last year. He can't we can do he dealt last year. He only threw a four-seam fastball 2% of the time last year. So, and I went back and looked at some tape of him. Every one of his fastballs that I could find was either cutting or sinking. I didn't even find a four-seam fastball when I was digging it up on him. Um, so for him to make that change in one season, and one off-season really, hats off to not only him, but to the organization saying, and this is an instance of analytics really helping a player mm-hmm. because let's rewind even 10 years ago. They don't have those numbers just to tell him that. Mm-hmm. So, and in this case, analytics really helped the player and said, look, dude, you're forcing. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's a four seamer at this point. It might be a six seamer. Like these guys are seeing it and it is straight and it is getting demolished. So let's uh, change your release point a little bit, sank it cut it and not throw the straight one because it comes out like a beach ball and he yeah. made that change and, and and it was a i mean he was nasty last year he's him and woodruff are, are great one-two punch for that team um and then offensively i need i need a big year out of Keston hero um really struggled last year he did he did and you I know he came up in 2019 he did really well he had a 402 uh, batting average on balls in play. Babip. Babip. Yep. He loved <laughs> And uh, 402. Some might say that was pretty lucky, which maybe, but I mean, when your Babip's that high, you're still hitting the ball hard. You're still putting the barrel in the ball. Um, came back to earth last year. 2020, he had a 272 Babip. League average is around 300, if that tells you anything. Um, now you look at Christian Yelich. 2019, he had a 355 BABIP. Uh, last year, 259. Mm-hmm. So Christian Yelich, his barrel numbers, hard hit, exit velocity, all that was on par with his last few years. So that tells me that's just bad luck for Christian Yelich. So I think he breaks out this year, or not breaks out, but bounces back, has a great year, gets back to who he is. That's a great ballpark to hit. Um, curious to see what they do with their outfield. Jackie Bradley Jr., um, one of my all-time favorite teammates, one of the best center fielders to play the game, in my opinion, defensively. Um, I think he's going to have a great year. He got low cane playing left. He sat out last year. He's going to be fresh. Could be good for his uh, – he's, he's getting a little older for for an outfielder. Uh, and then Christian Yelich, and then they have uh, Garcia. What's Garcia's first name? Abaseo. Abaseo. That's a fun one to say. Have a sale. <laughs> you're little, such, Miggy, little Miggy. You're such a Texan. Have a sale. I have a sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm curious yeah. to see because they need, they need Garcia in the lineup too. They were hoping and praying for a universal DH. Yeah. You know, because they're going to, now they're going to have to rotate guys out. Um, is that going to be Jackie? Based off of his career numbers, he's a 239 career hitter. Is that going to be him? I don't know. They're just going to have to see who comes out hot. And mm-hmm. if someone looks like crap and struggles the first couple of games, they're going to switch them out. So, I mean, it's 
it's it's a good problem to have an extra outfielder who can who can hit and who can slug and hit for power. So, um, yeah. So you got. I like I, I like the Brewers. I think there's some question marks in their lineup. Um, obviously and pitching, but I think they're a more complete team than the Cubs and the Reds. I just don't think they're quite as good as the uh, as well put together as the Cardinals. So I got them finished in second. Yeah, That's my forget, spiel. We can't forget Eric Yardley out of that. Uh, Eric Yardley, great. Ryan Yardley. Yeah, always mess up his name. Um, but he's nasty out of that pin too. Between so yeah. between Devin Watt, so from the seventh inning on, Eric Yardley. Excuse me. So from yeah. the seventh inning on, you have Eric Yardley, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. So. The difference yes. with the Brewers and the reason that their starting rotation isn't as much of an issue is because they are able to bridge really, really well. They are, they aren't expecting past Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. They're not expecting their starters to get past the fifth inning because they don't need them to. We're going to need uh, that some though because this is we're back to the one sixty two grind, right? Right. We talked about this last week a little bit. You can't lean on. Well, who are we talking about? We're talking about the White Sox. You can't lean on their bullpen like they did um, sure. because you're going to need a little bit more out of your starters just because you can't run the same guys out there every year, every every night. So they're going to need a little bit more out of their starters, but you're not wrong when you talk about the three-headed monster they have out there. I think that's going to be really productive for them. Yeah, I'm not talking about the Brewers winning the World Series, but I, I think no. just competing for the division, I think they have enough. Yeah. Um, I, I think if Woodruff or Corbin Burns go down, that's concerning. Yes. That's that's where we're getting in depth issues. And now you're expecting Hauser to go seven innings on a night, which that that's a lot to expect out of a guy. And there's not many. And if you look in the top 100 prospects, Milwaukee doesn't have many. No, well, they don't have much. So there's not a, there's not much depth there. So injuries would not be good for for them. That's why Kesson here is really the X factor for me. Last year, so after 2019, after just bursting onto the scene, really as a rookie, last year his exit velocity down, launch angle down. Which launch angle? It's not the biggest, you know, bugaboo if your launch angle goes down. It depends on the hitter. His barrel percentage actually went up a little bit, right. a tad. But after that, hard hit percentage down, sweet spot down, expected batting average down. Like every single one of his. I have a question. Hitters. I have a question about about him. Yeah. So in college, he he was listed as a DH, which means maybe he's not known for his defense. He's been playing second base. He's moving to first base now. Mm -hmm. So part of me is thinking maybe he wasn't totally comfortable playing second base every day. Um, so it, it, just hear me out. So moving to first base, I, I'm just trying to put puzzle pieces together here. Um, maybe it helps him. First base is uh, if you're used to playing up the middle or playing third base. I played third base a lot. I played shortstop and I played first. First base is a mental vacation compared to those other positions defensively. So, could this help him? Maybe. I, I talked about this with with Vlad Jr. moving to first base, and I think that could help him too because it's it's easier on your legs. It's easier uh, on your on on the mental side of the game because you just got to knock it down and or catch the ball. There's not you having to throw the ball across the diamond. So a little bit more anxiety and stress to that. So can that carry over to your offense? Absolutely. So I want to see maybe it correlates. I, I don't know. Just throwing throwing uh stuff up against the wall, see if it'll stick. Well, you mentioned defense. 
particularly with Hira, him moving over to first base is going to help the entire team too. Because I agree, the addition of Jackie Bradley Jr., Colton Wong, those are two Cole Glovers. Right? I agree, and then Lorenzo Kane. People people are sleeping on Lorenzo because he didn't play last year. People are saying he's getting older because he didn't play last year. The last time he played the full season, he was a Gold Glover. The season before that, he was an All Star. That same season, he was an MVP candidate. So you're talking about the last. He's a winner too, man. He he comes up well, in the big spots. Fans. He's not. He there's no moment too big for him. You know, he's already. You know, he won a World Series in Kansas City. Like he's well, played in the big games, and, and he's going to come up in those big situations, and it's not going to be too big for him. So definitely always a plus to have a guy like that in your lineup. So they're over under. They're over under for the Brewers is 83 and a half. Are you picking the over? or Are you taking the under? I'm going to go over. I got them around 85. I got the Cardinals around 88, 89. Okay. I think somebody wins this division under 90 wins because it's just murky. And I think they just kind of beat up on each other a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And they're going to trash by the NL West and the NL East. Both exactly. those two divisions. Exactly. So much better. So I, the, there the, are... the talent level. And I mean, take who did you have finished third in the NL East? Nationals or the Phillies? The Phillies. They would win the NL Central. That's my point. The Arizona Diamondbacks in the NL West, I think, could compete for an NL Central spot. It'd be close. Nah, I don't think they, no, nah, I don't think so. I got them falling like around like the Cubs, third or fourth. That's just me. Hey, all I'm saying, I'm, I'm putting this out there for everybody to hear. Don't sleep on the Cincinnati Reds this year. Their pitching is really good. They're over under 81 and a half. I think if their lineup figures their crap out, if Mike Moustakis can return to what he's capable of doing. Castellanos. I'm not expecting Joey Votto to be Joey Votto of his MVP season. I'm not, I don't think they need him to either. Nicholas Castellanos can hold his own. He's gap to gap hitter. He's shown some pop as well. Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez really, really struggled last year. He did. Here, after, that, after, after hitting what? 40, how many homers the year before? 40 plus. It was close to 50, wasn't it? He might have got 50. No. He might have, hold on. I'm playing. You got to let Google do its course here. It's 49. He has one short. Bum. <laughs> in, the, in the year before that, he had 34 round trippers with 100. Dude, so that place, the Great American Ballpark. Small park. Great American small park. Yeah. Ball flies, dude. Yeah. Especially during the day, you're out there taking BP filling like Jose and Seiko. So with this, Suarez is kind of an interesting case. He's kind of like Yelich. So his exit velocity was fine last year. It wasn't great. After that, his hard hit percentage was in the 78th percentile. His walk percentage was the 81st percentile. Barrel percentage was in the 91st percentile. Struck out a lot. But when you're talking about, you know, doing deep dives, his launch angle, barrel percentage, hard hit percentage all went up. But he really, really struggled last year. He was another case of these. He was another superstar. And a lot of people wouldn't say that about Eugenio Suarez. But he really is a superstar, especially if we're talking about Cincinnati. 49 homers, you're a superstar. He's another superstar that struggled in a very odd, weird 2020 season. I'm telling you. Do we have a BABIP? on him <laughs> that's my word of the night i can get you his bat if, if that's you... my stat of the night is the bat i know how much i just like to say it if you if you are requesting his bat I can... I, i'm curious i could have looked it up before but i didn't i didn't 
but, but but before I give you his bat pick, can I just go on about the Reds real quick? Because Jesse Winker is an on-base per- percentage machine. He's going to get right. on base. Nicholas Castellanos is a gap to gap. Joey Votto is not the same as he used to, but he's still hitting the ball hard. He's still going to draw as many walks as he possibly can. This team strikes out a ton. So they were last in batting average. They were one of the leaders in home runs in home runs in the National League. Yeah, I knew they were at the top, uh, top four, three or four. Right, they were not the remember. top. They were one of. They were in top five, I believe, in, in uh, home okay. runs. But they were last in batting average. So if they can figure out how to get on base a little bit more and move runners over, that lineup's fine. They, they have enough pop, and I haven't gotten into their pitching. They have the best rotation in the National League Central. For Luis sure. Castillo, Tyler Mayo, Wade Miley, Michael Lorenzen. Um, Lucas Sims could be coming out of the bullpen, of course, but his he's got some of the best spin rate in baseball. I was about to say his spin rate to the roof. I know you're salivating over that. Yeah, and, and Amir Garrett is going to be possibly filling that closer role um, after they got rid of Raiso Iglesias. So I'm telling you, man, do not. Where did Iglesias go? Anaheim. Great dude. I didn't mention Sonny Gray in that rotation. Iglesias went to Los Angeles. The Angels. Okay. Don't sleep on Cincinnati. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying Cincinnati is going to be hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. All I'm saying is this is a very, very winnable division. Cincinnati is going to be right there. Listen, the one thing I'm hoping for for this division is a huge fire sale by the Cubs. <laughs> that's going to be so fun. I'm sorry. I got I For Cubs fans, that sucks. I get it. But, man, that's going to be fun to see some of these guys in different uniforms. Mm-hmm. On contenders in the postseason. Okay. It should be. We're fast forward six months from now. Where is Javi Baez playing? Uh, Chicago or elsewhere? Elsewhere. Anthony Rizzo. Chicago or elsewhere? I think I think Riz stays. Chris Bryant, Chicago or elsewhere? Else, elsewhere. Wilson Contreras, last one. Elsewhere, Chicago. He's gone. Gone. I think Rizzo great. stays because Rizzo's just like their their baby. Yeah. I think Riz stays. I think Riz says, nope, you're not trading me. Not happening. I could be completely wrong. I could be very wrong. It could all of them could stay. Who knows? I I really have no idea. There's we're two, we're two weeks away from pitch number one. I I'm fired up. They'll try and retain one of them because you don't trade you Darvish if you're not trying to pay one of those three guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a reason they traded you Darvish. They couldn't afford him, so they say. Right. Where, where is that money going? That's a good point. It's got to go somewhere. All right. We're going we're to come back. We're going to play some games with Will Middlebrooks. How well does Will Middlebrooks know Will Middlebrooks? And I got another special game for, for Brooksy here. Coming up next. This I have been looking forward to since we started this podcast, Brooksy, because I know what goes in through your head. I know that you have less hamsters running on the wheel than most people. What does that even mean? It's just like a I didn't go. He didn't go to college. He's a GED guy. You you told me once you do have a college credit, I believe. Uh twelve. You have twelve college credits. I I'm gonna record myself watching Jeopardy one night just for you. I have the most useless knowledge. Sports Jeopardy doesn't count. No no no, just all around, Jeopardy champion. You're only gonna record your right answers. What? Let, let's play. How well does Will Middlebrooks know Will Middlebrooks? Okay, question right. number one. Which pitcher struck you out the most in your career? Oh, dude. <laughs> Jeremy Hellickson? 
Oh, you've done your research, my friend. Jeremy. Really? Ding, ding, ding. Dude, he literally could look at me and go. number, bro. He could look at me and go, change up. And I would go, okay. And I'd swing and miss every time. They had a parachute on it. It was either him or Scherzer. Scherzer was second. He struck you out six times. Okay, next. Ellickson, 10 times. Hey, did you hear me? Did you hear me okay? He struck you out 10 times. No, I didn't hear your next question. (laughs) (laughs) There are two pitchers from your 2013 Boston Red Sox World Series championship team currently playing in the NL Central. There are two players from that championship team. Can you name both of those pitchers? Two of them are playing in the NL Central. This podcast is about the NL Central. Two of those. Brandon Workman. Yep. Andrew Miller. Yeah. My bad. Next. You said how how much do I know myself? This has nothing to do with me. It does. You played with easier teammates. <laughs> it's your life. And you are feeling yourself a little bit too much. What did you do the other day? You licked yourself? A little, little taste of yourself? Every once in a while, you need to. Number three. The infamous 2013 World Series obstruction call between you and Alan Craig led to the game three victory for the Cardinals. Who was hitting during that at bat? Oh. Oh. Who hit the ground ball to Dustin Pedroia at second base? Holy moly. Was it a righty? I'm not giving you crap. Was it a righty? It was a lefty. Possibly. Who hit that ball? Dustin Pedroia. Ground ball. It wasn't like Beltron, was it? Oh, all right, I'll give you a hint. It was a left-handed hitter, left hit, left-handed hitting outfield. He's still playing to this day. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. It wasn't like Matt Adams. I was trying to remember who it was. Maybe you should have had a better pre-pitch so you would have known where you were better positioned and then you could have maybe not gotten Alan Craig's way. You mean standing on the base? <laughs> uh, nah. You should have followed Jim Joyce's advice and just disappeared. Disappeared. I don't don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. He's right-handed. Left-handed hitting center fielder. Goes by the name of Mr. John. Jay. Jay. You're two for three. dude. You're two for three. How do I not? I blacked out like a lot of that for my... (laughs) All right. Next. The most hits you have against any single pitcher is eight. That pitcher was on the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot. Can you name that pitcher? Jeez. The most hits you've ever had against one single pitcher. He was on the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot. Pretty impressive, honestly. Like I gave you, I kind of crapped on your career with a couple of these questions, but this one is very complimentary. You'll love me after this one. Eight, you had eight hits against this pitcher, and he was. Where did he finish his career? I (sighs) lefty, righty or lefty, lefty, southpaw, Chicago. Oh wait, no. Why do I not know this? You should know this. You know how you knew who struck you out the most immediately. You should know how because I struck out way more than I had hits. <laughs> um, Chicago, Chicago, Lester, Southside. Trying to think, 
I didn't face Lester that much. Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah. Oh, the Hall of Fame ballot. Sorry. I forgot about that. I threw a perfect game. Threw a perfect game with the Chicago White Sox. Burley? Mark Burley. Oh, he was in Toronto. I faced I had eight hits off him. You know why? He threw like 82. <laughs> <laughs> that's right in my that's right in my loop. Swing fast. Swing fast. Yeah, dude. I remember one time I went up to the plate because he threw like 81. I took Napoli's like 35 and a half inch bat up there because I was like, I'm so early on this guy. He threw me a changeup and I tried to check swing because it was running out of the zone, but the bat was so massive I couldn't stop it. And I check swung <laughs> it and hit a sin- single to center. <laughs> so one of these eight hits, if not more, was just- a check swing with Mike Napoli's bat. Yeah. Number five. Who is your final major league home run hit off of? Major league homer? Yeah. Is against the Oakland A's. A bad. A bad? Yeah. Dude, dead center at the Coliseum at night. Like balls don't go there at night. (laughs) I, dude, I hit this ball so hard during the day. It goes like above the center field thing into the stands and it snuck out like wall scraper. Okay. I got one more game for you. We played this game. We've played this game once already on the show. It was a different team. However, can you okay. name this is the NL Central podcast? Oh, don't can give me the name, Pirates. Can you name five Pittsburgh Pirates in 60 seconds or less? Ready, set, go. Cole Tucker, Frazier. What's his first? Yeah. <laughs> two two Frasers. Two Frasers. Yep. Uh there's two Frasers. Cole Tucker. Where are you getting two Frasers from? Are you serious? Oh, you're you right. I forgot. You don't even know the answers. I ha- I forgot they had signed Todd Frazier. My apologies. Uh, you have three Pittsburgh Pirates, and you have thirty seconds. <laughs> I, I um, I don't know. Is that bad? I, well, it's not as bad as the Pittsburgh Pirates will be this season. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm stopping there. I don't even know. Okay, if- how about a right fielder that was had a very you know high ceiling coming out of the minor Blanco. There you go. Gregory Polanco. You need Blanco. one more. I know. I'm like, I'm going through their like lineup and pitchers. They they got rid of everyone notable. <laughs> they really did. You're out of time. Just That's, like with the Orioles, you got four. Yeah. So you were close. So Andrew Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> Willie Stargell. Starling Marte. <laughs> um Garrett Alberto Cole. Clemente. Garrett Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I got a knockoff Garrett Cole. Hey, the last okay, the biggest contract the Pittsburgh Pirates have ever handed out. Jason Kendall for sixty million dollars. Oh, you remember? Me? All I remember is him breaking his ankle on first base. You remember that? I, You're too young. You're too young. You weren't even watching baseball at this time. But that's sad for Pirates fans. The biggest contract you've ever handed out is sixty million. Garrett Cole is going to make sixty million dollars in two seasons. That's sad. I feel Pirates fans. I really do. It's a beautiful stadium. Let's talk about that bracket you did of the stadiums. How is Fenway yeah. not in the finals? Who's your, who's your uh, best stadium in Major League Baseball right now? Fenway. Really? I mean, have you, ever have you, been, have you been there? No, but I, I know about the facilities, and I know it's very old and run down from a fan's perspective. 
No, nah, they, they've made a lot of renovations to it. Yeah, environment-wise, it's certainly improved. But when you're talking about the newer stadiums like Petco Park, Oracle, PNC, from a fan's perspective, it's one, more comfortable. And two, you get a better view of the actual game. PNC is beautiful because you have downtown right there, too. It's beautiful. You love Angel Stadium, and that's that's from a player's standpoint. People don't understand. I, I, yeah, but we're talking like playing surface, how I see the ball, things right. like that. Um, but I just thought, like, as a fan, like, where you would want to watch a game, how's it not Fenway? You got hey, you got to go. I got to get you there. I'm waiting. Let me know. I would love to. Whenever you get vaccinated. <laughs> Hopefully soon, man. The wifey got vaccinated because she, she is a nurse, so she's feeling good. That's Hopefully good, we man. all get vaccinated here. Invincible. So back to the ballpark. I'm looking for, yeah, dude, oh, by the way, Petco Park is the best stadium in Major League Baseball. It's a great place. The food is phenomenal there, too. One, the food. Two, the weather. Weather is a huge factor for me when you're talking about stadium. Yeah. Stadium, stadium environment and, and just the experience of it all. Because I don't. June, June I, Bloom, you ever heard of it? I love Oracle Park, but it's too freaking cold in San Francisco. Yeah, it gets windy Yeah, at night. It, very cold during day games. I love, and it might be the most beautiful stadium. During you ever notice in like the seventh inning of the seagulls set in? It's weird, dude. The seagull in Oakland too. The seagulls know when the game's about there. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, here comes food, free food." There's a mini baseball helmet of nacho cheese down there. I'm about to crush. Did you notice last year though? They like were sporadic. They didn't know what to do because there were no fans in the stands. The seagulls were like messed oh. up. Like Sucks. COVID think- messed with the seagulls last year. <laughs> I think we got to end this on that note. <laughs> We're going to be going out west next week, though. We're going to continue our Major League Baseball roundup and previews. We'll be talking NL West next week, AL West, American League West next week. Whatever you want, Danny. I'm, I just work here. We'll see. You know what? We'll keep everybody on their toes. We'll, 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 uh, we'll tease it a little bit. We'll be talking about one of the Western divisions next week. Next week on Fantasy Baseball Day Podcast. Adios, Park People. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.